let me do a formal introduction of you. Okay. All those people that have no idea who you are. This is Popcorn with me, Peter Travers. This is Andy Samberg, who is in, you're not gonna see a more fun and more, well, you're gonna think about things that happen in a tour than Palm Springs. This is you at your very best, buddy. Thank you. This is good. Yeah, thanks. Even if you're living a life of misery in a pandemic, <laughs> people are loving you everywhere. Uh, that's the hope, you know, it, obviously when we made it, it was in a very different spirit, but it has somehow taken on this new meaning with everything that's happening with COVID and quarantining and, you know, having to live with yourself and figure out what to do with life when you're kind of limited in your options, you know? Yeah, very limited in them, but you know, yeah. you have a wife and daughter, right? So you're not alone in this world. True. I'm much better off than my character, Niles, in real life. Yeah. So I want you to, before we start this, explain to people what Palm Springs really is about. Um, you didn't well, even you shoot are... it there, did you? It's a lie. The movie is a basic lie. I'll tell you this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I received the script, one of the main reasons I wanted to make it was so we could shoot in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was going to be able to bring the family up there and stay at a you know a rental home, uh, and and hang there and go to Melvin's and go dancing and I love Palm Springs and <laughs> it truly was a motivating factor. And then, you know, the budget was the budget, and then we got the California tax rebate, which makes it so if you say it's an LA production, uh, you can't leave the TMZ, the thirty mile zone, and Palm Springs is outside of that, and it became from a producerial perspective. Listen to you. Impossible, yeah. I know, I know, it's boring. Producerial? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm scared for you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you've, got, you've got the jargon, you know? Oh, I know, it's over. I'm, I'm hoping to just, you know, age out and just produce. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You have a birthday coming up, so that will be. Uh, I do. I do. Yeah. It's, oh my God. We yeah. don't even want to consider what that means. I know. It's going to be um, a quarantine B day. Sometimes you just miss people. Yeah. But do your wife and daughter still love you? After yeah, all? I think. I think I'm pushing it, but yeah, I'm still yeah, okay. Have you checked. I ask every day just to make sure. <laughs> My daughter uh, won't always let me know that she loves me, but I have to just trust the faith. <laughs> <laughs> no, sometimes you have to say it. She's young enough. She has to love you. That's, a, that's up until five or six. That's the way it is. Yeah, I tell her a lot, so she's not confused. It's okay. more just me having to sort of slink into the corner. She can't see this movie. No, not even close. No. I will say one thing that has not, I've been doing a lot of press now, it's picked up a lot, and uh, which is strange unto itself, but that's a whole other story. But the movie is a hard R, and I feel like that maybe is not being discussed enough in terms of like 
young people that are expecting something a little more networky. Uh, there's like sexual situations, graphic content, language, drug abuse. Yes. You, all of that. And you yeah. think that's turning people off, but you know, it isn't. Well, no, I just don't want anyone really young to go in and be blindsided and scarred. You know, I remember like accidentally seeing some of Porky's when I was like eight years old and never. Scarred for life. Yeah, yeah. Never really got over it. So how can you, Andy Samberg, sum up for those people that now have been told that this movie will scar them because of the graphic sexuality, the foul language, um, yeah. drug use, and everything else is in it. Who is this Niles guy that you play? Um, well, I would preface it all, and I apologize for dragging this out. <laughs> I would preface it all by saying, if you already decided you want to watch the movie, I recommend going in knowing as little as humanly possible because there's a lot of things that would then be surprising and more fun. Mm -hmm. But if you don't care and you're still watching this answer, yes. uh, there is a... Uh, well, let's tell the people to just put on a blindfold now. They can use their mask and cover their eyes and yeah. you can just tell us a little bit about what that is. Um, that whisking them away. Yeah. They're, yeah, on the magic carpet of imagination. That's right. Yeah. Okay, great. Oh, man. Well, now... Wow. I should probably talk a little more quietly, too. That's right. Just say. So, Niles finds himself at a crossroads in his life. Uh, no, it's it's a time loop movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see, that was easy. I, yeah. It's not yeah. like that comes at the end and you've destroyed the sixth sense. You know? No, certainly not. But, you know, whenever I talk to you about it, we did this uh, with Celeste and Jesse forever, too. Yeah. You always say to me, you know, I'm not that good an actor. I'm okay. I'm right. just this, you know. And then you win a Golden Globe for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. I don't think I ever congratulated you on that. Thank you. So, you know, it's a good thing to do it. Are you less hard on yourself now? I am less. I think doing seven years of Brooklyn and a bunch of other stuff that has stretched my range a little bit has made me feel more confident as an actor. I think also working with people like Andre Brower and uh, you know some of our other cast yeah. has expanded my idea of what a serious actor can be and is. And part of that is like getting to know them. I like, I grew up very skeptical of the self-seriousness of acting and the craft and all of that as a comedian. Um, <clears throat> well, when you work with Daniel Day Lewis, you're going to have to get back <laughs> into that mode. He's retired. It's not on the table. No, he'll come back. I'm sure he's dying to work with me. <laughs> he will. If he sees this, he will. Possibly. I mean, I'm a huge fan, obviously. I mean, that's kind of what I'm getting at is I watch things where there's dramatic acting and I'm blown away and I love watching it. Mm -hmm. And the more I do it, the more I see how hard it actually is and see the value in it. And, and it makes me both take it more seriously personally and also by way of doing a lot more of it, take it easier on myself a little bit because I feel through both improvement through repetition and also through good editing, I have gotten better. Good editing, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I could just screw up all the time, you know, but the editors <laughs> will save me. Now, there is in this character that we don't want to give away too much for, but we could say, Kristen Milioti, your co-star too, 
both of you really, there's something going on there with the two of you that's really good comedically and also dramatically. I hate to use that word about a comedy, but there's a lot of the sense of what a relationship is Uh (laughs) and how long can we be as people. I think there's just a line in the movie where it says, but can we spend a lifetime together? Yeah. (laughs) And we stand it. Yeah, I mean, that at the core of it is one of the main themes of the movie is how scary it is to take the plunge, so to speak, you know, to to really like leap in and have that that leap of faith into a real relationship where you give yourself to someone else. It's scary, the the foreverness of it is scary, but I think for some people, incredibly gratifying and arguably the most meaningful thing you, you can experience. Well, as a husband and father, you said exactly the right things. <laughs> and you never know that when you were making the movie, that they would have a movie where people would go see it and they'd be thinking, what if I had to relive this same day every day when yeah. they're kind of doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it will be cathartic and not remind them of the parts they're not enjoying. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly more relatable than ever. I think. You know, we're all in that loop a little bit right now, no doubt. But this is a wedding movie, you know? (laughs) People are always saying it's a wedding movie, how much fun that is. We don't know, so you're not giving anything away because it's not in the movie, how many many versions of that wedding your characters actually already lived through. But you must have done your Daniel Day-Lewis research on it and got that in your head somewhere. Yes, it's interesting. Everyone... In the involved with the movie has sort of a a slight a slightly different number on it, mm-hmm. like the writer director me Kristen like, and we agreed to not say what our number is, but it's a long time. It's a long time. It's a really long time, and like you know, at least a lifetime, you know. So. Uh, that does affect a performance totally differently. It was really fun for me. That was part of the reason I thought it would be so fun to play Niles is he comes across at first as someone who has it all figured out, it out and you know is the master of his domain and all of this, but the real truth is he's completely broken and given up. Like if you That's the selling point given up. My know? character is completely broken. He's given yeah. up. Yeah. And it might as well be a, a version of no exit. That was what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, floating in the pool with a beer. That's for him, that is like giving himself over to, you know, the void. <laughs> okay. We're getting all the really sell words there void, <laughs> misery. Yeah. Yeah. Suicide, all the things we want to laugh at in this day and age. <laughs> all here in this movie, people know yeah. that that's happening for you. It's a fun movie. It is fun. But look, you started this. You know, we've talked a lot about your formative years and, and what has, you know, you up so immeasurably that you've become a huge success. You know, <laughs> it's, part of, it's part of that. You know, and it's made it, but... I want to feel a little from you that when you see yourself in this movie, you could say, you know, not bad. I would say not bad. Yeah. You'll go as far as to say that. I will say not bad. I mean, again, 
I think I did a great job of surrounding myself with really good actors and that helps, you know, like getting to bounce off Kristen and JK, it's, it's not to keep hitting it, but it's the same as getting to run scenes week after week with Andre Brower where you're like, yeah, they're going to elevate whatever I'm doing. Even if I'm doing something really base, it makes it seem intelligently base because they're there. So the implication is there's someone smart that knows that this is base. <laughs> Do you still, as a person who was Saturday Night Live for so long, how many years was that? Seven. Creating that? When the show is on, do you still watch it? Or do you get that feeling like, mm. Oh, uh, I watch every episode. Every episode. Yeah, because I watched every episode before I worked there. And yeah. when I left, I was like, why would I change anything now? Um, it, it was very difficult at first to watch. Yeah, because Bill Hader said, I can't do it because I just think of it, I'm not there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> there are times where it makes me really crave being there and and giving input and doing my, what I would do with certain things. And, but ultimately it, it's had, it's slowly now getting back to just the experience I always had as a viewer, which is like, what are they going to come up with this week? <laughs> well, okay. So now that you are, you have a new birthday coming up and you look back on your career. Yeah. Can you give me the three high points of that career so far? Where you, not that it's the best because other people say so, who gives right. a damn, you know? I think it's really all about you looking at you and saying, I did not suck in these three projects. Oh, man. Come on, you could do it. That's very tough. I mean, obviously, does getting hired at SNL count? Because that's a big one. It does. Yeah, it's I mean, that's got to be the first one that, that changed my life forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything SNL wise could fall under that umbrella. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think less about what what I thought I didn't or did suck in more as like <laughs> moments where when it happened, I was like, whoa, I can't believe I specifically got to do that, you know? Um, like hosting the Emmys was a really cool moment. Mm-hmm. Being like, holy crap, like, it's just me by myself up here on the stage hosting the Emmys. That's crazy. It's something I specifically always was like, man, the people who do that are cool and like a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't think of myself that way. And then getting to do it made me be like, I must be doing something right. Well, what about um, the Golden Globe? When you won that, did you say to yourself that you came home with this statue? And did you say, hey, maybe. It's crazy. It was really crazy. It was also weird because the show had just started airing. So it was kind of a, a mind. Um, but I mean, we were thrilled, obviously. It, that one almost still doesn't register to me as real. Um, but, you know, I mean, like more recently, we finally did our first Lonely Island tour. Mm-hmm. And like we played Bonnaroo, which is a massive festival. It is, yeah. We, we went out and played like a 1230 a.m. slot. We've never toured before, you know, and we walked out on stage and it was like 30 something thousand people singing along to our stupid ass songs and like laughing all together. And I was like, whoa, this is great. So moments like that where it all kind of congeals and you're like, hey, like the stuff we've made has actually reached people and they like it. And it means something to them, even if that's something very silly. Yeah, but see, that silly is crucial. 
Agreed. I mean, that's why I do it. It was always my favorite thing growing up and still to this day. So I, I'm doing what I want to be doing. I am just personally so proud of what you're doing and what's happened in this movie. It's just really great. Thank you. That really genuinely means a lot. I know we've talked a lot over the years and you were very nice to me the first time I went to Sundance and that was my first dipping my toe into anything like that. And you're very supportive. So I really appreciate it. Well, then, and you were again working with really good people too, you know? Yeah, yeah that's always the goal. That. That's like a good thing to do. Yeah. But if you had to pick one moment in Palm Springs yeah. where you did something and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the big scene because you have a lot of those. Right. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of them. But <laughs> something where you looked at you in that particular scene and said, okay, you know, this was, I did okay. The one, there is a scene in it that when I saw it, it caught me off guard because I hadn't seen that specific style or energy from myself before. And it's a scene between, with Kristen and I uh, next to the campfire. And it's a yeah. longer scene and it's a little more, it's a lot more understated and there's a lot more pauses in it and introspective kind of moments. And when I watched it, I got sucked into it just as a viewer. And afterwards I was like, Hey, <laughs> not bad. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> I'll give this whole gig another year. You know? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Really do it. <laughs> we, as we always end in song. So I'm sure you prepared something of fabulous for me, you know, that, um, <laughs> that would be special and just geared to this whole, of popcorn world and the world that we live in when we can't share our popcorn with anyone. Right. Except immediate family. True. Yeah. We've been having a lot of popcorn actually. Have you? Yeah. Oh. We got the old timey, you know, uh, like the, the, the one where you crank, turn the crank. Yeah. It's, it's not digital popcorn. It's, it's actually, popcorn. yeah. Analog popcorn. Yeah. An analog popcorn. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm still not letting you off the hook. Give me something in song. Wait, is this really something that I've done before? You do it all the time. And you know, <laughs> when, you were there, when you Lonely Island guys were there, you like picked me up and carried me around and still were able to make up uh, a song. And yeah. now you're sitting there serene, you know, dealing with your power, yeah. dealing with who you are, and yet nothing is coming to you? It's like, uh, hey, popcorn. <laughs> make some analog popcorn and turn a little crank on the stove top. And then you put some butter on top. Hey, put some butter on top. Yeah. Add a little bit of salt. <laughs> and then watch the West Wing. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Where that came from, but. So great. <laughs> oh, really? That's Check it out the West Wing. It goes right up there, you know. <laughs> it really does. And I appreciate it. I'm thrilled that I got to talk to you at a time that I think, I know it's a tough time, but you did good, buddy. So good for you. Thank you. I yeah. really appreciate it. And Thank so you. I'm going to make up a song uh, for you later that I'll just sing to my family. Well, I don't get to see it. No, you know, I'm sorry. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's your show. <laughs> <laughs>